listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. So I want to show you this. This has been, uh, this has been in my spirit. And something um, I saw a few days ago, it popped into my mind and I started to just kind of, yeah, not a quad stacker like I put in the book. Don't do a Burger King quad stack. I don't even think they sell them anymore. They found out what happened to me and they took them off the menu. Anyway, um, I, was, I, was, I was looking at something and it was, it was funny enough, it was somebody's response to someone else on social media. And I thought, and I, and I just, I stopped. I was looking at their response and, and it was like, um, it was almost like this is so profound in a way. It's a simple thing they said, but it's so profound to the mind of the believer. Um, I'm telling you, let's see if I can find it again, because when I saw it, I was like, man, that is so extremely true <laughs> that and this is from somebody that's not even a Christian. So I'm sitting there looking at this and thinking, people that aren't Christians understand this, but then uh, Christians don't seem to understand this. And this is one concept I'm going to teach you today, just one concept that so many people struggle with that ruins their peace. It ruins their joy. They, they, they struggle because of this, and I don't want you to. And because it's such a common problem, I'm going to take you through the word of God and show you, uh, scriptures that deal with this very thing. Um, I'll read you and you may have even seen this post come across your feed, but, uh, I won't say who it is, but, but I'm going to, I'm going to read the response and read the, the post that was sent to them. <laughs> and they were, this was a person that was commenting to them about something they were involved in. And this is, this is what the person wrote. If you're involved in, and then the, the, the thing, I've lost all respect for you. So that was the comment that was said to them. If you're involved in such and such, I've lost all respect for you. And um, this was the response back to that person, which I thought, this is genius. It's brilliant because it's how everyone should be. This is what the person responded. The part that fascinates me is the part where you assume that your respect is something I might be craving. What happened exactly to give you the impression that people you've never met might care about having your respect? Excellent point. It's an excellent point. Why do you think I care about whether you have respect for me or have lost respect for me? And and that's, that's someone that is an unbeliever making that point. But you know, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And I, I wanna show you that principle from the word of God, because I'm going to tell you something. That's a scriptural, that's a scriptural principle that will help you immensely throughout your life. Yeah, it was, it was Mike Rowe, AJ. And, and it helps you immensely, it'll help you immensely throughout your life. And, and what's the, what's the issue here? We live in a society where we've been told and we've been made to believe this is this woke society. We've been made to believe that uh, everything we do has to be put through the filter of 
Will this offend somebody? Will this offend somebody? I want, I want you to think about this for a minute. Think about how insane, think about how insane our culture is right now in the world. They just released, I saw this, because this, this news popped up too, and I had no idea they were going to do this. Uh, they just released the 20th anniversary uh, special for the Harry Potter series, and all the actors came back and all that, but they have canceled the author of the Harry Potter books, J.K. Rowling, because she made a comment about women being women, biologically. She didn't, she's not, not, not slamming anybody. She made a comment about women being women, and because it didn't go along with the woke narrative of the transgender community, They've canceled this woman who is a billionaire from her, from the books and series she's written. She's a billionaire. She is one of the most well-known people in the world, which shows you that in the world system, nobody's beyond that. And so literally they brought everybody back. They did this whole special, all the actors and everything, and left the author of the series completely out and canceled her. And you think about that. Now we're being, this is being pushed on us. This is being, yeah, that, that's right. Made sure everyone know that any clip, wow. Made sure that they made, that every clip, that if they did play a clip of her saying anything about what she's done, they made sure to put up in the corner that this was recorded years and years ago. We did not record something new. This, this is old. We took old footage of her before she was, you know, insane. But what's going on? is that they want us to think that you have to put everything that you're saying or doing through a filter of will I offend somebody? And again, as AJ just put in the comments, it, it try, they're trying to create within us a fear of man, a fear of men. What can men do to me? What will men, what will they say? What will they think? And we're living in that woke culture where they want everything we do to be put through that filter. Well, I hope this doesn't offend somebody. Well, think about, think about how they have um, even crafted social media. I want you to think about how they've even crafted social media. Social media, and those that have worked in, in these social media companies, and now even um, uh, psychologists are telling us that social media um, is addictive like many other drugs because they've studied the effects that it has on the brain. And they've seen that certain triggers within social media will actually release dopamine in your brain and affect the certain uh, regions of your brain that are affected by cocaine and everything else. So they've shown how social media has been um, crafted to be addictive. Well, they have to do that. They want you to keep coming back and keep coming back. And so uh, when we look and we see likes and we see shares and we see retweets and we see all these things and the dopamine's released in our brain and you know what they've even proven that even when you see the little badge banners on your social media app that show you, you've got notifications waiting for you. People have said things about you. They've commented on what you've said. They've shared what you've done and they've shown even seeing the badges and the banners on the app icon. It, it releases that dopamine in the brain that gets you right back into the app to see what did people say about me? What are they sharing that I've said? What, are they, what do they like about me, right? And so uh, 
it's, it's amazing to me that this social media culture is, uh, is pushing us to always think about, you know, it's, uh, it's funny because even on it, especially things like Instagram and stuff. Now, if people say enough things that are seemingly offensive or seemingly untrue, then they'll warn you. How many have seen this? Put a hand up in the comments. If you've seen this, if people say enough things that are seemingly offensive or seemingly untrue, they'll warn you before you go to follow them, or they'll warn you before you go to share their post. And they'll say, uh, you know, warning, caution before you follow this person. Uh, they commonly post things that are offensive. Do you still want to follow them? It's like, they're warning you. They don't, you know what, you know what they're really saying? They're really saying, uh, you know what? This person's not following um, the woke culture rules. Are you sure you still want to engage? They're really trying to segregate people that will go with the spirit of this world and the spirit of Antichrist and segregate those. I mean, even forget about Antichrist and Christ, those that just care about freedom of speech. Let me ask you a question. How can you have freedom of speech if you're always worried about offending people? How can you have free speech if you're always worried about offending people? You can't. It's impossible to, you know, one of the, one of the risks we all agree to take to have free speech is the risk of offending somebody by the things that you say. You can't please everybody. We're going to go into that from the Bible in a moment, but you can't please everybody. So what are we going to all do? Stay silent for the rest of our lives. And then here's the other thing. Who's in charge of the filter of what we have to say to ensure that we don't please, that we don't offend anyone. Are we going to give that right to the government so that the government tells us what we can and what we can't say? Let me, let me tell you something. This happened already in Canada. This is why many of you may have heard of Dr. Jordan Peterson. This is one of the reasons that he rose to such prominence on social media and on YouTube. And now he's touring around the world, has two best-selling books that are out. This is one of the reasons he rose to prominence so quickly is because in Canada, in the, in the province of Ontario, they were passing a bill called C-16. And within that bill, one of the things that they were going to do that had never been done before, never been done before in English common law history, is that the government was going to compel speech. You say, what does that mean? Well, obviously, there's a difference between being told there are things you can't say and being, th being told there are things that you have to say, right? So compelled speech is when the government tells you that there are things you have to say. You have to say. So for example, you go to a, co a country with a dictator and not only is it against the law to speak against the regime, but you have to, every time you speak about them, you have to approve of them. You have to say that you admire them. I saw a video recently that came out of China. Maybe, the, maybe those, those of you that are watching have seen it. Uh, it was, they had a guy, a Chinese citizen in a, um, it, it, I can't even describe it other than it, it's a chair. It was like a chair of handcuffs. So it was like a chair they put you in that locks your hands and feet. 
And they had him in an interrogation room. And they, why were they interrogating him? They were interrogating him and holding him because he said something about how he didn't appreciate how the Chinese police were conducting themselves. And so when he was in there, I mean, I watched the video. They were saying, why, what did you mean by that? What do, you, what, do you, what do you have against the Chinese police? What do you have to hide? They turned it on him. And then, and then he said, no, you know, they've got him in this, and I'm sure he's got a wife and kids. And he's in that interrogation room saying, no, I, I must have been mistaken. I must have been mistaken. So they're compelling you to then approve of every crooked action and approve of everything that a dictator does. So who are we going to put this power in the hands of? The government? Because that's what happened in Canada. And this bill was passed where uh, in, the, in Bill C-16 in Ontario, and it did pass, by the way, that uh, you now were forced to, by law, refer to transgender people by whatever preferred pronoun that they choose. And if you did not do that, then you could be uh, fined, you could be jailed in extreme cases. The problem is there are now well over 70 pronouns. And who knows how many genders this world's gonna come up with that they, they identify as. And so now there's really no way to govern that. And who's gonna be the one that governs it? Who's gonna be the filter? that says what's right and wrong. So you can see the problem because just by having, uh, just by having the, the, the freedom of speech, that's why Jordan Peterson rose up and said, this is insane. I will never do this. I will never say things, uh, that, that the government is compelling me to say it's, it's out. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, I mean, at an extreme level, at an extreme level, imagine Imagine if the government made you, by law, say that Joe Biden truly is the Messiah. Joe Biden is my savior. And it was against the law. If you didn't say it when questioned, you'd be jailed. Well, we're looking at antichrist times at that point, right? We're looking at what's going to happen in the future by prophecy. But what if the government told you you had to say that? See what I mean? And so this, this whole move towards control and manipulation by this woke culture that makes you, if you don't do what we want you to do, then we're canceling you, right? Um, and, and it's crazy. Uh, Dr. Prepper said in Switzerland, we have a new law that allows the police to put us on house arrest for up to nine months just by assumption. No evidence needed in case you could be a danger to society. So understand that there's a control, there's a manipulation that's going on and it's an antichrist system. This, this uh, theft of freedom. So what do they want people to do? They want people to rethink every single thing they'd ever say so that they will never be offensive to anyone. And let me say this to you, impossible. That is impossible. That would be impossible. Civil disobedience is not always sin. You know, there are things that, that the government does not allow that are sinful, but what do you do? And I'm going to get into that in a, in a moment from scripture, because the whole new Testament is filled with civil disobedience. The whole old Testament is filled with civil disobedience. And so, uh, you can't say that civil disobedience is sin. There are things, you know, the government doesn't define what is sin. God defines, his word defines what is sin and what is not sin. And so 
the point I'm going to make to you in a moment is if you live this way, then you'll never have peace and you'll never have joy in your purpose. Because if you want to have peace and if you want to have joy in your purpose, then the key is you must do what God tells you to do and say what God tells you to say and not care what anybody thinks about it. And so uh, the thing that Mike said on social media to that girl that was, that was common, I don't have, I've lost all respect for you if you do this. Why do you think I care about having your respect? I don't. Especially if it's somebody I've never met, some critic of my ministry, some critic of my life. Why would anyone think I care to have their respect? Now, it doesn't mean that I, I live or act in a way that does not have integrity where, uh, in general, I'm not respectable, but just because people don't agree with your opinions or your actions or your utterances, that should not, you know, you should not come into a place where you lose your peace and you lose your joy because you're getting pushback from people who have an antichrist spirit and some that claim to be Christians that will push back against you. Tough, tough. So let's get into that. In Luke chapter six is where I'm going to start. Luke chapter six, the Bible says in verse um, 26, Jesus is pronouncing woes. And by the way, woes were, were the most detrimental thing you could hear at that time. Woe unto you. It was a heavy, heavy uh, condemnation. Woe unto you. It was like the, the most heavy thing that could be said about something you were doing. And Jesus says very clearly here in Luke 6, 26, woe to you when all people speak well of you for so their fathers did to the false prophets. And so Jesus is actually saying it's a problem when every single person is saying good things about you, because how is it possible that people who are viewing your life, that they, they themselves are not saved and they themselves have an antichrist spirit that is at enmity with God. It's an enemy of God. What could you possibly be doing with your life that people who hate God, people who are opposed to God, speak well of you and say, you know what? I really like the way he does things. I really like the way she does things. I like how they talk. You know, I really love their, I love the way they live their life. What are you doing in your life? That's why Jesus said, beware, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. See, there's somebody has, has somehow created this goal. Like we're supposed to make everybody like us. So where is that in the Bible? Where is that in the Bible? You know, and, and, and uh, uh, brother Van Hoos said, there goes seeker friendly. Well, let me ask you. Since when did we create, curate our church services? You know, why did the number one goal of church services become make, making sure everyone's comfortable every moment of the service? Where, where is that in the Bible? Where is that in the Bible? You know, all these, all these big churches, we want visitors to come in and we want every moment as they're in our church, I just want them to feel comfortable. I don't want them to feel out of place. We don't want to challenge them. We don't want to uh, put... And one of the things that happened that, that as churches went that direction is that they stopped giving altar calls. Why, why would you give it? Why would you not give an altar call? Well, you know, we've got people in the crowd and how embarrassing 
for them to step out from the rest of the group and be identified as someone that's a sinner and actually come apart from everybody else and come to the altar and be singled out. You know, uh, that, that's how, how dare we do that to them? And so what are we, rather than repentance, we have now lifted up comfort and be, being comfortable, being anonymous. That's one of the most ridiculous things I've seen on church websites. You can come to our church and remain anonymous. <laughs> what a stupid thing to say. That's literally, I've seen that. I'm not making that up. I've seen that on church websites. You can come to our church and be anonymous. You don't have, you don't have to be called out. We won't ask you to lift your hand if you're a first time visitor. You might as well say, we don't give a crap that you're there. <laughs> you know, as long as you're filling our seats and giving in the offering, we just want you comfortable. Here's the problem. As Ninja said, it's a great way to say it. Comfort leads to complacency. Which means, how can you, how can you sit in a church for any period of time as a sinner and that they have prioritized your comfort to the point where you don't even feel any conviction for the sin in which you're living? So what would push you? What would draw you to repentance if there's no conviction of sin? Because the Bible says that no man can be saved unless the Spirit of God draws him to be saved. Well, what do you do in a church where the spirit of God is not uh, allowed to move? He's not yielded to. They, he's not preached. You know, the power of God's not preached. The Holy Spirit, conviction's not there. So people can keep coming to church like a social club and never feel the conviction to change because we've prioritized comfort over conviction. And that's not, come to our church, we're anonymous. You know, you never have to give. You never have to do anything you're not... One of the dumbest things I ever have heard pastors say, and I'm going to be very clear about this, I think it's absolutely stupid. And I, I think that it's a very weak thing to say when people are like, you know, if you're comfortable, just lift your hands. I hear that. I've heard that a ton. If you, you know, if you're comfortable, if you're comfortable, just lift your hands. You know, if you're comfortable, just begin to, you know, lift up a shout. It's like, what are you talking about if you're comfortable? First of all, you don't understand authority. We don't lift our hands because uh, we, we feel comfortable lifting our hands. We lift up our hands because the Bible tells us to lift up our hands. We lift up our hands. We don't sing. You know, if you feel comfortable, just sing it out. We don't sing because we feel comfortable. We sing because the Bible commands us to sing unto the Lord. That's why we shout. It's why we uh, read our word. It's why we go to church. All the things we do, it's not because we feel comfortable it's because we're commanded as servants of God to do those things. You know, if you feel comfortable, just lift your hands. Who cares if you feel comfortable? Not lift your hands. Lift your hands. You know, and I, I've said this before. Pe people, uh, it's funny. People, uh, people get into this thing where it's like, you know, well, we don't want people to feel at a place in a service, let me, let me say something. When you see, because it goes both ways, but everybody only ever addresses the one way. You know, if somebody starts making a disturbance during the service while the pastor's preaching, and really what the Holy Spirit is doing at that moment is ministering the word to the crowd, and somebody gets up with their flags and starts waving them around and doing a prophetic flag dance, it's not the time. It's not the time. But everybody always likes to point out the people that are doing disruptive things like that. But let me ask you a question. 
What about when the whole church is in a moment of praise and it's breakthrough and, and people are shouting and people are dancing and running and, and people are giving God praise and you got that one person sitting in their seat with their arms folded. I will not be involved in this. You're out of line. You're out of line at that point, sitting in your seat with your arms folded, not participating in what God is doing in that service. You're out of line, right? Because uh, it's not about being comfortable. It's about doing what the Bible says to do. Amen. So we just want to keep people comfortable. And that's the problem is that we have believed the world's method of doing church, which is don't offend anybody. Everything Jesus said was offensive. Everything. People were offended at him all the time, all the time. I want to give you a few verses. Now I started with Luke 6, 26. Beware when all men speak well of you. It's a problem. My life and your life should not be pleasing to those who have an antichrist spirit. We dealt with this last night about how the anointing overflows out of you and it makes demons angry. It makes demon possessed people manifest, makes them angry. It makes people who have a, a, an opposition to the things of God, it makes them mad. People with an antichrist spirit, it irritates them and they don't even know why they don't like you, right? They don't even know why they don't like you, but it's because of the spirit that's in you and they're going to get offended. There's nothing you can do about it. Acts 5, 29, which we've had in the comments several times already, but it's in my notes here. Acts 5, 29 is something that you've got to keep in front of your face as you are completing your purpose, because there'll be plenty of people. Plenty of people. Think about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was sent with a burden to rebuild the walls of God's city. But after he started, who showed up? Sambalat and Tobiah. Come down off the wall. We want to speak to you. I'm not coming off the wall. Of course, they had a plan to kill him and stop the work. But you know what he said? I'm not coming off the wall. I'm not stopping what I'm doing to talk to you. Well, that's offensive. How could you not, uh, you know, grant that request? They just want to talk to you, brother. You've got to be discerning because there will be people that think you should do this. You should do this. How come you're not doing this? You know, I got hate last year because I kept on, or not last year, but the year before I got hate. And I'm, I'm sure last year too, because I wouldn't do things the world's way. Do you honestly think I'm going to wear a mask and stand up in the pulpit with a mask on or stand on the platform with a mask on. You think I'm going to uh, live my life that way and preach what I preach? You've lost your mind. You think I'm going to go around laying hands on people with rubber, rubber gloves? You've lost your mind. I'm not doing that. Do I believe the word or not? So people get mad. There were people that got mad at both of my uncles that pastor churches. And there were death threats that came in and people, I hope you all die of COVID they did, because they didn't shut their churches down during COVID and people in the community so angry about it. We got hate for holding extended revivals during those things. Went all the way. I remember we were with Pastor Brian Tomes two weeks. It went all the way to the Capitol and it was in, in all the, uh, you know, Boston Globe printed it, Shuttlesworths or super spreaders of COVID, all this stuff. People are mad that we won't stop meeting together that we won't stop preaching the gospel, that we won't stop and do it their way. We're not doing it your way 
because of Acts 5.29. If I had to hear one more weak-spined Christian preacher get up and talk about, well, you know, the Bible says that we're to obey the government and obey the government authorities and those that are in authority and we just want to have a good reputation with the government. Who cares? You're going you're gonna to do something that the Lord never commanded you to do to have a good reputation with an antichrist government? Who gives a crap what they think? Who cares? I like what uh, the apostles said uh, once the government told them to shut up and sit down and quit preaching Christ. And I'm going to start with verse 27, Acts 5, 27 through 29. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest questioned them saying, we strictly charged you not to teach in this name, the name of Jesus. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, what did they say? We must obey God rather than men. Get that. We must obey God rather than men. And there it is. That's it right there. That's it right there. I don't care what men want me to do. If it's in opposition to what God's called me to do, you can be offended all day long. I don't care. You can be hurt. You can cancel, you can try to cancel me. There's nothing, you, there's no way to actually cancel me. <laughs> there's no, there, I'm uncancelable. <laughs> I'm uncancelable. And so yeah, we must obey God rather than men. You can, you can block my accounts. You can cut me off. You can never, uh, you know, even if you know me personally, you could block my number on your phone. It's not going to bother me. If, cause if you're mad at me for that, what happened? If, if you're mad at me for that, let me, let me tell you something. You're not going to like all the other things I do. So it just shows people, they show their true colors when they do things like that. They show their true colors. If you've got friends, that that's friends, that that's how they are with you. Well, if you were truly my friend, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do and say all that stuff. That's not, that's not true friendship. That's not, if people want you, well, you, I love this. I was, um, uh, I've told you the story multiple times about um, Miss Julia, who was uh, healed in our meeting in, in Massachusetts of the brain tumor and the nerve disease. Well, uh, one of the things that happened shortly after that is that, you know, of course, she was on fire for God and she was in church and she was always coming to revival and always coming to church services. And um, she was dating this guy that I believe was in her high school who started to tell her, you know, I think you're, you're just getting too much into church. I think you're getting too much into going to church and Christianity and you're starting to get a little bit too uh, fanatical, if you will, with, with, with all the going to church and all, you're always in church. And you know what? Instead of debating about it and all this stuff, I love it. She just broke up with him because <laughs> she understood if you don't get me now, if you don't understand me now, you're never going to understand me. If you don't get this, if you don't understand what's going on here, I mean, how anybody could not understand that, the, the love you gained for the Lord and the appreciation uh, when God's healed you uh, of something like that and brought you miracles and you realize he's your Lord and Savior and he's, your, he's, he's the one that you love the most, you know, good way to go. Best move she could have made. I don't think we're going to work out. We're done. Don't, don't try to talk it. They don't get it. They don't get it. Doesn't mean you can't still pray for them and believe for salvation, all that other stuff, but I'm done. 
I don't need to be in a relationship with someone like that. And that's the truth. That's the truth for friendships. It's like, you know, how are you going to try to please men and please God at the same time? It's not going to happen. It'll never happen. It will never happen. It is impossible. And I want you to put this in the comments today. It is impossible to please God and men at the same time. It is impossible to please God and men at the same time. Put it in the comments. Very important. It'll never work. Yeah, that's right, AJ. It'll never work. We must obey God rather than men, right? I mean, think about it. You think Jesus was worried about whether or not he was being offensive, even with the people that were close to him? Look at Matthew chapter 16 real quick. I'm going to show you something. Jesus was purpose first, everything else second. Purpose first, everything else second. That's how Jesus operated. Purpose first, everything else second. You can't please God and please men at the same time. It's impossible. So Jesus stayed that way. Purpose first, everything else second. Even with those that were close to him. Matthew 16. Look at verse. uh, Let's look at verse. um, Twenty three. Actually, I'll start with verse twenty one. Matthew 16, 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside. Now think about this. Peter, one of his closest disciples, Peter's on the inner circle, Peter, James, and John. This is the inner circle of the inner circle. And Peter took Jesus aside and and began to rebuke him. (laughs) I mean, how foolish do you have to be? Of course, we know that Peter's kind of like this, but took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But look at this. But Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Look at that. Look at that. Even those that were closest to Jesus, like Peter. Do you think Jesus in that moment was worried about, uh, you think Jesus was worried about uh, offending Peter? Doesn't seem like it to me. Just called him Satan (laughs) and told him, you're a hindrance to me. This is someone on the inner circle of his inner circle. He handpicked 12 and then he used Peter, James, and John as the closest within that circle, points to one of them and said, you, you in my inner circle, you are a hindrance to me. Get behind me, Satan. Doesn't seem like Jesus was that worried about offending Peter. And you know, Jesus walked in love at all times. He never sinned. Jesus never sinned. Totally walking in love. Does that mean then that you can rebuke somebody in love? Absolutely it does. Absolutely it does. And Jesus understood his purpose over everything else. Everything else was second. 
everything else was second. Get thee behind me, Satan. Look at that. I mean, that blows people's minds. If Jesus said that today, you say, well, Jesus needs to learn about grace. Jesus needs to have more grace with Peter. Jesus needs to learn how to walk in love. Jesus was walking in love because if he would have listened to Peter and if he would have done what Peter wanted him to do, then the entire world would have missed out on redemption. The entire world would have missed out on salvation and heaven because he did what Peter wanted him to do instead of what God called him to do. And that is the case. Remember this, when there are people, uh, even with an antichrist spirit, that try to move you off your purpose by manipulating you through, well, that's offensive and you shouldn't say that and you shouldn't do that. And when there's people that do that, keep in mind the people that God has called you to help, the people that you will bring out of darkness and into God's marvelous light. Keep those people in mind. Because if all I do is, is walk around preaching some milk toast message uh, that, that has no power so that I can keep from being offensive to everybody. I'll make no impact. You'll make no impact. <laughs> it's true. Dr. Prepper said, like somebody stated, Christians today would pray for Goliath instead of slaying him. Well, Father, we just ask you right now to touch Goliath's heart, Lord. We know. It's like that wasn't what was called for in the moment. And the problem is that Jesus has already prophesied this and people don't listen to it. What, what did Jesus prophesy? In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 22, what did Jesus say that would take place for those that follow him? He said, and you will be hated all over the world for my name's sake. You'll be hated all over the world. For my name's sake, you think you're going to reverse that prophecy of Christ and make him a false prophet? Do you think that you're going to be able to do something somehow and still obey the Bible and reverse that prophecy of Jesus? No. To this day, God's people are hated all over the world. Hated. People, especially those with an anti-Christ, anti-God spirit, can't stand the people of God. So why would we care about pleasing them? If you already know that uh, you're not going to please everybody, why even try? Why not just work on pleasing one person, right? And here's what we found. We found that rather than trying to please people, we are going to please one person, and that is the Lord. Life gets a whole lot easier when you realize you only have to live to please one person. Who is that person? The Lord God Almighty. And if we obey his word and we obey him, then he's pleased. And then let the chips fall where they may. Let people get angry if they want to get angry. Let people get offended if they want to get offended. That's not your problem. It's not, put this in the comments. It's not my job to make everyone happy. And I know that's hard for people to get because there are people that are people pleasers, but you have to let go of that. You have to let go of that. Put it in the comments. It's not my job to make everyone happy. It's not my job. It's not my job. It's my job to make the Lord happy. And then watch this. 
Because this really, this will get you shouting. When you do please the Lord. When you do please the Lord. Watch what happens with the people that are against you. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 7. What does the Bible say? When a man's ways please the Lord, he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. Think about that. When a man's ways please the Lord, he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. That is uh, Proverbs 16, 7. So as you stop focusing on pleasing people and you begin to focus on pleasing the Lord, the Bible says that those that normally would have launched an all-out attack against you, launched a war against you, they will have to make peace with you. They They still don't like you. Because keep in mind, they're your enemies. They still don't like you. They're still against you. But the Lord said, I'll make them be at peace with you. <laughs> Whoo, hallelujah. So that means rather than going back and forth with them, they can just stay where they are and keep their mouth shut. And that's it. God will make your enemies be at peace with you when your ways please him but you can't please him and please them at the same time. It's impossible. It's impossible. Let me go on to say this before we pray today. One of the reasons people do, they work so hard at trying to please other people and try to please the spirit of this world and please those, everybody that's around them is because to some degree, people still believe they need or they're depending on others for their blessing and promotion. To some degree, Christians definitely believe that, which is why they do what they do. And I want you to hear me. This, what I'm teaching today, it's not an excuse to be a jerk. That's not what this is. This is not an excuse to just always speak everything that's in your mind and let the chips fall. That's not what this is. You still have to walk in love. You still have to walk in peace. You still have to walk in joy. You still have to do unto others as you'd have them to do unto you. All those things still remain. Yes. But as you're walking in love and as you're uh, becoming more like Christ, when you do things that are part of your purpose that will offend those with an antichrist spirit, you can't be upset about that. There's people that will do something, they'll get like 15 negative comments on their social media and it'll throw them into a tailspin for two months. I can't believe they said those things. I need people to speak. I need, I need prayer. I need people to pray. And they care that much that it throws them into a tailspin. You can't care. And and I'm, I'm not talking about getting kickback because you're mean or because you're rude or because I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you did what the Lord told you to do. Cause let me tell you, you launch out in the ministry, you start your business, you step out and do something that others aren't doing, you press forward at work, you do more, you start acting more excellent, you do what God's called you to do, you're activating your purpose. There will be people that get upset about that. There will be people that don't like the fact, and they'll try to talk you out of it. Well, I don't think you really need to be doing so much. You're doing the most. Listen, you cannot be offended and when they get offended, and you can't be, you're peaceful. You'll never have peace. 
Nancy said, Ted, what about if you only want to please God, but you are coming across as rebellious because you're not following the pack? I mean, I would have to know something more specific, but in, in all honesty, if you're obeying scripture, if you're obeying scripture and you're doing what the Holy Spirit has led you to do, then it doesn't matter what other people think. You're still walking in love. You're still, you know, living holy and in obedience to the word of God and all that. And you're doing what you feel the Holy Spirit's called you to do. And people are mad. You can't help that. You can't help that. I can't control other people's emotions, but I can control mine. And one of the ways that I can control mine is by understanding it's okay. <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but I want you to write it in the comments. It's okay that some people hate me. <laughs> Please put that in the comments. It is okay that some people hate me. It's, op it's okay that some people don't like me. Here's another one that's hard for people to swallow. It's okay that some people don't want to be around me. Now, make sure it's for the right reason. Make sure it's not because you're a jerk or that you're condescending or that you're, you know, you're hard to live with or that you're hard to be around because you're just always, make sure it's not for those reasons. But if you're walking in love, if you're walking in peace, if you're kind, if you're walking in self-control, if you're being like Christ, but you're just accomplishing your purpose and the reason that they hate you, that they're irritated by you, that they don't want to be around you is because of your, you're doing what the Lord has called you to do. That's fine. That's fine. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Because I want you to think about this. One of the reasons that people really feel as though they have to, they have to make sure everyone likes them is because somewhere in the back of their mind, they still believe that their ability to move ahead their ability to uh, get promotion, their ability to be blessed somehow is in the hands of men. And the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches in Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7, promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south, but promotion comes from the Lord. And he alone decides who will rise and who will fall. Hallelujah. He alone decides who will rise and who will fall. Uh, I was talking to one of our friends and uh, she gave her testimony at church that uh, she had a great job, a solid job with the city, husband, solid job. And she felt, she felt within herself that this is not for me anymore. I'm to quit this job and to launch into real estate. And, uh, really with no previous experience, she did it, which looked like it was crazy and launched into real estate. And then I remember we prayed for her in a parking lot one night. Uh, and, and she said, would you pray that these, these commissions begin to come, come quickly? And she said, most people are in the office are saying, you know, some people it takes them two years before they really get the hang of it, start getting commissions and really doing well. And some people it takes them longer. And I said, yeah, I'll pray. And when I started praying for her, I felt to declare over her that her first commission would be $250,000, quarter of a million. And um, so she's going into commercial real estate. So she just gave the testimony at church that within such a short period of time, I think it was like seven months, right, Tiff? It was like she's only been doing it like seven months. Or has it even been that long? 
Because someone told her that, no, I don't think it's been that long either. Maybe, maybe four or five months. But somebody told her, it took me seven years before I saw commissions like that. For she, because she just closed her, her first deal and people are being blown away. They're like, I can't, you, you close that. Even the two uh, friends that run the, uh, the, the company that she's working for are like blown away. They're like, I can't believe it. And the properties that she found out of nowhere just by the leading of the spirit. And they're like, what, are you serious? You found that already? You got that guy to sell already and all these things. And they're, they're blown away. And her commissions are coming in and people don't understand it. Well, that's when it shows you. It's not based on your talent. It's not based on your previous experience. If you're following the voice of the Holy Spirit, if your life is pleasing unto the Lord, then guess what? Promotion doesn't come from the East or the West or the South. Promotion comes from the Lord. It's not dependent upon men. It's not dependent upon men. It's dependent upon God. I've shared that story with you before about how that one woman in our meeting, she said, I want you to pray. I've been at my job forever and it seems like every time a promotion is available, they skip over me because the lady that's above me, my manager, she doesn't like me or care for me because I'm a Holy Ghost filled Christian. So she always gives the promotion to someone else, even though I have more seniority and I have more experience and I have more, I'm more qualified. They always skip over me. And so we prayed and she gave us the testimony later. She said the corporate office came in and they, they looked at my manager and said, we want to bring you to another location. So they moved that lady out of her office. And then when the promotion was available, they looked and saw that she was the one with the most seniority and moved her into her boss's position. But God didn't stop there. And, and, and another promotion became available in her office and she moved up again. But the thing that made me laugh is that after her second promotion, the corporate office saw fit to bring her previous manager back to the same location, to that same position. And now she's been bumped up twice. And she said, now the lady that used to not want to promote me, she now works for me because I was promoted twice and she came back to my location. Promotion doesn't come from men. Promotion comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. Promotion comes from the Lord. And Wanda, we're going to pray at the end of this broadcast for miracles. But I'm encouraging you with this today because there's probably even people that think you're nuts for fasting and praying. There's probably, well, you really need to do that? Why, why are you not eating? What's the problem? Why? Are, I know there's people that they have told me that they're, they're a, a woman that their husband doesn't even understand it, maybe not saved, and, and don't understand. Why are you not eating? I, do I, you want me to get you some food? I'm, you know, whatever. There's people that may not understand what you're doing. There's people that may not understand what you're doing. They might understand your dedication. They don't understand your purpose. They don't step, they're not stepping out like you are. Don't let that shake you. If you want to go through your life with peace and with joy, you've got to learn to be like, I don't care what you think about it. I don't care if you approve of what I'm doing. If God approves, that is all that matters. And if my life is pleasing to him, guess what? He's going to show himself strong and mighty on my behalf in the mighty name of Jesus because my heart is turned toward him. My loyalty is to him. And that's all we need. If God is for us, who can be against us? Paul wrote that to the Romans. Tell me, if God is for us, tell me who can be against us. That's your word today. Doesn't matter who stands against you. 
Doesn't matter who says you won't make it. Doesn't matter who tries to hold you back. It doesn't, none of those things matter. If God is for you, tell me who can be against you. The answer to that, nobody. Nobody can stand against you if God is for you. Yeah, that's right, Ashley. People say, they, they say things like, you're going to hurt yourself. You do all that fast and you're going to hurt yourself. And they don't even know the medical data behind fasting. It's good for your body, not bad for your body. By the way, all that medical data included in this book. So that you have an answer. Be like, you're going to hurt yourself. No, you're not going to hurt yourself. You're going to, it's actually going to be good for your system. It's going to be good for you. And God promised that as you do it, your health and your healing would spring forth speedily. And so I'm encouraging you today. Don't let your, your peace and don't, yeah, exactly. AJ said, they're telling you that while eating a Twinkie. Don't, don't allow your peace to be stolen. Don't allow your joy to be stolen because of what other people think, what other people say and what other people do. Don't allow it. Don't allow it to happen. I'm going to pray for you today because I'm believing God that this is going to be a season. People need to get free from that. I'm telling you, there's people that are bound by that and they need to be free because we'll never do what God called us to do fully until we get free from what people will think of the actions we take. Well, what if I step out and do that? What will people say? What will people think of me then? Who cares? If God told you to do it, do it and let the chips fall. We're going to be free. I'm praying that that's one of the things that God breaks during this fast and prayer is that we stop holding on so tightly to what people think and what they say and how they'll react. And none of that matters. What matters is, are you on your purpose? Are you completing your purpose? Amen. Amen. So I want to pray for you and I want to believe God today, not just for this, but for miracles. People are writing in with prayer requests. Let's believe for miracles. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come to you today. I ask you, Lord, to set people free from this. This is really a, an anti-Christ agenda to get us to stand in a place where we are always worried about who's offended by our righteous actions, by who is put off by our obedience to the word of God and our obedience to your kingdom. So, Lord, I pray that you'd put a supernatural boldness on the inside of every one of us today. Let those cares drop off. We're casting all of our care upon you for you care for us. This is not a year to stand by and worry about what other people may say about you, think about you, feel about you. But Lord, we are only concerned with how you are viewing us. What do you think of us? How are you responding to us and our actions? And Lord, I pray now for people that are writing in, that are believing for miracles, those that are being attacked, those that have gotten and been attacked with covid other viruses, those that are attacked with sickness and disease, those that have been attacked by anxiety and depression. I take authority over it today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I command it to loose its grip and let you go today in Jesus name. It cannot stay on you. It cannot hold you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Be free by the power of the Holy Ghost. I lose healing virtue into your body today. Be completely free in Jesus name. Now, Lord, we thank you that promotion only comes from you. And so, Lord, we ask you right now to let this be a year of divine promotion. Lord, don't even let January come to an end without us being in position for divine promotion in Jesus' name. Whatever stands in front of us that would hinder us from going to the next level, 
Move it out of our way by your spirit, Lord, and let our dedication take us higher and higher and higher in the wonderful name of Jesus. We thank you for that. We give you praise and glory for that in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you believe it, throw some fire and hands in the comments section. Glory to God. I feel the anointing. I'm telling you, tonight's going to be a powerful session. You don't want to miss it. Tonight at nine o'clock, we're going to be in the presence of God as we were again, like last night at two o'clock today, just a couple of hours. Carolyn's going to be live right here on, on these channels. Don't miss that broadcast. The power of God's moving on people today, touching people today, and things are changing. As we fast and pray, things are changing for the better quickly. Quick turnaround. In fact, I want you to write that in the comments before we go any further. Quick turnaround. I want you to put that in. Quick turnaround. Quick turnaround. Thank you, Janine, for sowing that seed. And those of you that are going to follow Janine's example, I want to challenge you today to sow that seed. There's the information on the screen. It's time, man. It's 2022. It's time for us to take big steps towards what God is doing in the earth before Jesus comes. Why would you not attach yourself fully to the preaching of the gospel? And the key is, as I heard one preacher say, people's pocketbooks are the last things that get redeemed, the last things that receive a touch from God. Let me encourage you, put your finances, your money, where your belief system is, where your, where your faith is, and watch as God uses you with us to touch this generation before it's too late. People are being saved. People are being changed by the power of God. I just saw Tiffany posted the stats that we have already discipled over 200 people from around the world. We've discipled. These are not just people that have said a prayer. These are people that have been discipled through these materials we've made available. And so people aren't just coming in to the kingdom and people aren't just being saved, but they're being built up. They're being strengthened and equipped for what God's called them to do. And you're a part of that. From, from places we've never been, from countries we've never preached in, never even entered, stepped foot in those countries, and people are being discipled by the power of God. You're a part of that. As we're preaching the gospel around the world on television, as we're feeding the hungry, as we're seeing all these things take place, you're a part of it. You're a part of that Victory Tribe as you partner with this ministry. And for those that, that are partnering this month at $85 or more, I've got this book for you, which I love, by Dr. Lester Summerall. It's called Adventuring with Christ. This is really stories, faith-building stories of what he did around the world. Some of them, it's like so amazing, it blows your mind. As technology was not developed back then, the things he did by faith were so mind-blowing. This book will build your faith immensely. And this is for those that are standing with us at $85 or more. For those that are sewing at $250 or more this month, we're also including this awesome book that I love, How We Got the Bible uh, by Dr. Lightfoot. This will show you all kinds of history as to how we recognized the canon of Scripture, why we don't include the apocryphal books in Scripture. This is one of the most interesting studies to me, bibliography, or bibliology, understanding how we got the Bible. Many people could never explain it. They don't know why we understand and believe that God's word is inspired and inerrant. Why do we believe that? It's an eye opener. And then for those that are sowing at $1,000 or more in this month of January, we're not just including those, but one of the most important works I believe that's been done 
in the last at least one, 200 years in the body of Christ. The New English Translation, full notes edition. These notes to me are, are gems. I really believe that. The depth with which you can look into the scripture and the translation, the textual analysis, it's amazing to use this for your study time. We're gonna send you a signed copy of this along with those two books to say thank you. And then of course, we have the Elite Study Guide or the Elite Study Collection for those that are sewing $5,000 or more to say thank you for standing with us and how much we love and appreciate you. If you've sown your seed, you can go to miracleword.com, all the ways to sow are there. And as you know, if you'd like to receive any of those after you've sown, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and uh, fill out the form so we know where to send your gift. I feel it too, Nelson. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm ready to run myself. And tonight's gonna be powerful, nine o'clock, two o'clock with Carolyn. Don't miss it. I love you. Have a powerful day. Don't forget your reading plan. Don't forget to pray. Stay in the anointing. Stay strong. Watch what God will do. I'll see you very soon. Love you. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.